This call is being recorded.
Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Dion. I am your host. Is there anyone on the line who'd like to say good morning? Good morning, Dion. It's Pretty Patrice. Hi, Pretty Patrice. Good morning. Good morning, Dion. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Say your name again. Friday. Is it Friday? Happy Thursday. Oh, shoot. Thank you. Thursday. I thought it was Friday. Pretend it is. Lord, I'm getting ready for work. I sure thought it was Friday. Like, one last thing. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. You said wonderful. What's your name? Monica Wilson. Good morning, good morning. Thank you for calling in. Is there anyone else on the line who would like to say? Good morning. My name is Camille. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I love it. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Good morning, Camille. Good morning. I heard somebody else. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Dion. Good morning, Declare Victory. It's Thankful Thursday. I love everybody on the call. Have a blessed week. Thank you. Thank you. Sister Sabrina. Thank you, Sister Sabrina. Good morning. You're welcome. Good morning. This is Catherine. Good morning, morning. Catherine. Good morning. Yes. It is a happy and thankful Thursday. Hey, good morning, Marvelous Marv, tagging in. Marvelous Marv, good morning. Good morning, Thanks good morning. Thanks for the tag in. Thanks for the tag in. Good morning. Is there anybody else just logging in who'd like to say good morning? Good morning, DDB Prior. Happy Thursday. Good morning, Declare Victory. Yes, with this... It is the day that the Lord has made. Guess what? New mercies today, y'all. And grace. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. Have yes. a good day, y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I love it. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to Declare Victory. Is there anyone else on the line who'd like to say good morning? Good morning. It's Krishanda. God bless you. Hi, Krishanda. Good morning. Thank you, and God bless you. A thankful Thank Thursday, you. and I'm excited about it. I feel like the other caller who said thought today was Friday. I wish, but I'm going to pretend today. <laughs> Keep that Friday energy. I'm excited <laughs> about it, too. Yeah. Praise God for waking us up this morning. Amen. A yes. new day. Yes. It's wonderful. Well, welcome to the Clear Victory. This is Dion. Is there anyone else who'd like to say good morning before we get started? Okay. Well, before we move forward, we're going to ask that you please mute your line so that we can proceed. Now, hello, my name is Dion, and I am your host. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, 
9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Make sure you join us during the month of January where our monthly theme is entitled Repentance. Each declarer will focus on the necessity and value of a lifestyle of repentance and its impact on the advancement of the kingdom of God. Make sure you invite a friend so that they can be blessed too. There is one announcement today. Ladies, please join us tonight and every Thursday night for Walk It Out Women's Call, hosted by Ms. Lisa Porter. They are studying the book, The Bait of Satan, by John Bevere. The call takes place from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here by dialing the same number tonight. We didn't have any prayer requests on the app this morning, so we'll go into the order of the call, which is prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Didi. The declaration will be brought by Tanya. Then we'll go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer. Again, the prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Didi. The declaration will be brought by Tanya. Then we'll go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer. Our scripture for the day is Proverbs 28:13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we're going to ask you to please take a look at your phones. Please put your phones on mute. And do not take them off me until instructed to do so. Thank you. And I now pass the call to the prayer warrior. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dion, for the greeting. So, Father, thank you. Just thank you for this day. Ooh, so much going on. But I say good morning, Holy Spirit. Just to open my eyes this morning, I thank you. Because I was able to get up, God, out the bed, not off the cold ground. That's enough to just go in right now. I don't take anything for granted. Oh, God, this morning my heart is in transition. I thank you for daily repentance because it's a must. Lord, whether we are in need of forgiveness or if we're right now struggling to forgive someone else who's hurt us, we have to make things right to keep our connection with you, God. So I thank you for reminding us this month of repentance. I come to you, Father, with my heart and just a posture of gratitude. I have an attitude of gratitude this morning. I'm just thankful, 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 thankful. God, I'm thankful. Before I ask you for anything, I just want to thank you for everything. I thank you for this call. I thank you for Dion's yes. I thank you for her obedience. God, I thank you for each victor that just makes it a charge to get up every morning and to dial in on this life changing line. Hallelujah. I thank you. I thank you even for the stuff that we're all facing that don't even make sense. (laughs) Some of us are going through stuff and it's like, what is going on? But we give it to you. I thank you for the rain because you never said we would only have sunshine. You never said that. You never said we wouldn't have trials and tribulations. You never said that following you would be easy. So I thank you just for giving your life up for us on the cross. You did it all for us. You suffered, bled, and died on the cross for us. How can I not stop this morning just to say thank you and I love you? 
And I just want to lay at your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I just want to spend in the first part of my day, no matter what. It could be two in the morning. It could be three, whatever time it is. But just to say thank you, like my sister Rochelle said, your grace and your mercy is new every morning. Oh, God. We miss the chance to say thank you because we can see, we can hear, we can walk, we can talk, and we have a sound mind because somebody don't this morning. Somebody didn't wake up this morning. God, somebody did not even have, a, they don't even have a place to say. Somebody needs to mute their line as well this morning on this call. I thank you for just pouring your breath in us this morning, each victor that called in. We can't take it lightly. We cannot act like you owe us anything because you've given us everything. God, I thank you. I personally thank you for just keeping me wrapped in your arms, wrapped in your loving arms. And no matter what I'm going through, I know you got me. I can call you Jehovah Jireh. Thank you for always providing for me. God, when it seems like everything is coming unraveled, you are not thrown off about none of it, God. You've already gone ahead and provided. You are the vendor. You've already gone ahead and made sure everything that I need is in place, God, so I don't have to worry. I know you for myself for being a healer. I know you as Jehovah Rapha, and I'm not just talking about physical stuff. I'm talking about emotional and mental stuff, too, so I thank you this morning just for another chance at this thing called life. Oh, God. Father, if there's anything that I've said, done, or thought that's not pleasing to you, I'm not saying if, I'm saying I know there's some things I've done, God. I'm sorry for thinking, thinking. I'm sorry for any ounce of pride that's not related to just being proud to be your child. Oh, God, you are amazing. Your love is extravagant. We need to go and tell you thank you just for being God. So I thank you for bubbly. I'm calling out bubbly to you this morning. I know there wasn't any prayer requests given out, but I'm calling out my sister bubbly for healing. I'm calling out Michelle to you for healing God and my sister Diane and Moni and my own mother. She's getting prepared for surgery next week. I thank you for that's already done. I pray for the same family this morning as they lay their beautiful mom, Corrine, to rest. I call out Jackie and Naima and Tony to you, her children, and all those that knew and loved Miss Corrine from North Richmond, such a vital part of my life. I thank you for her being my mom's big sister. Lord, I thank you. Oh, God, it's so much to give you thanks for. Even those are grieving this morning. I just, I just ask you to touch their hearts. Those that are out in the elements, those that are unhoused, those that are being sex trafficked, there's so much going on. This world is cold, but God, you are still God. And without you, I don't know where we would be. I thank you for being merciful. I thank you this morning that you are treating us as if we've never sinned. Ha! Thank you for that mercy and that grace. Forgive us all for the wrong things that we've made done and we don't even know. But we need to have repentant hearts. That's what it's about. Help us, Lord. Touch us in those deep, hidden chambers that we don't even know we stink at, that we don't even know we're holding on to trauma and pain and unforgiveness and bitterness and grudges, because you bore it all on the cross. You gave it all up. So I thank you for that. We can't forget to say thank you for giving a life for us. This life here on earth isn't easy, because people going to do people's stuff. But how dare we not free up space in our hearts to forgive those? who have trespassed against us, for we too have trespassed against others. God, forgive us. Forgive us for even allowing that defeated devil to cause division and strife amongst our loved ones. 
right now as I'm praying, some of us are on this line. We have malice in our hearts. And it's making us physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually sick. Heal us. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. Show us the real of what it looks like on the inside of us. I don't care how we dress it up to look on the outside because the healing is from the inside out. So I pray for every heart that is broken, every heart that needs your touch this morning, Lord. Oh, God, I speak to the brokenhearted, those that are grieving a child loss, those that are grieving a parent, a spouse, a sibling. God, those who have just been given a diagnosis and the doctors are saying it don't look good, but we trust your report, God. I thank you for any heart that's been left feeling unwanted, rejected, abandoned, abused. Those that may have been left at the altar or stood up by the one who promised to love like you do, God, that gave a covenant and a vow to say I do and they didn't. God, because people are flawed. God, you know what each and every one of us on this call need right now. I don't want another second to pass by without a believer of Jesus Christ to not know that you are Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the author and finisher of our faith, and there is none like you. God, I thank you for just loving us. I thank you for your peace, Jehovah Shalom, for saturating us all in your peace. Hallelujah. Before any of us take our phones off mute, Victors, I need you to position your heart to free up some space in your heart to just receive his love and repent for some things and turn away from some things that you've done. Come on and unmute your line this morning and just give him thanks and praise. Tell him thank you for loving you. Tell him thank yeah. you for blessing you and keeping you, waking you up this morning. Thank you for waking up this morning. Thank you. 
and the woman that was called, the man that is called, and that's in the name of 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 the name of
we've all heard the definition of repentance, how to repent, how to repent, why it's necessary, but I'd like to talk to you about a character from scripture that sinned before God and was never allowed to repent. Right, that part. <laughs> Some people were like, what? Um, you see, we, we can take, I think, I, this is my personal opinion. I believe we can take repentance for granted, and in so doing, maybe some people, not the people on this call, or even the people that call and listen to the playback, but some people plan to do whatever it is that they want to do with the assumption that they can just ask for forgiveness and get back into fellowship with God. That's called premeditated sinning. You cannot find that in the Bible. I don't even know that you can find that uh, on Google. I'm just saying, if you make plans, you you uh, figure out all the details to sin, it's premeditated. You can't, oh, my God, I sin. It's different from in the heat of the moment. Um, you know, exam- there's an exchange of words and, you know, the Holy Spirit says, oh, be quiet or leave or whatever, and you just get you know, you just get so into that thing that you keep going, and before you know it, you sock somebody in their eye. That wasn't premeditated. You you went there with the intention of talking, or maybe you didn't even go there. Maybe somebody came to you, and one thing led to another, and, you know, maybe you didn't sock them in the eye. Maybe you cussed them out real good, coming and going, and or whatever. But that was not something that was planned, okay? So that's the difference to me. It still requires repentance, but I'm just saying there's a difference. So anyway. Um, notice I said ask for forgiveness. So, uh, you know, we can ask for forgiveness and we think and get back into fellowship with God. But I I said ask for forgiveness versus repent. You do know that there's a difference. I know y'all know that now based upon the information that you've received all this month. Because today is January. It's January 25th. We are at the end of the month already. My goodness. Um. So I know you know the difference because you've heard the difference, right? Um, But would you humor me so that I can, you know, just make sure that everybody is on the same page at the level playing field. So to ask for forgiveness is simply, it's like to apologize. And, um, And it's to apologize for one's actions. It doesn't necessarily mean they, that that person has a change of heart, right? So, for example, let's just say Amy or Andy offend somebody. They lied, they stole, they mishandled someone, whatever the case may be. They apologize, and I'm not using the word they because it's a pronoun. I'm talking about two people, Amy and Andy, all right? They apologize. However, in their heart, the apology is because they got caught, not because they feel remorse. That's not repentance. How do we know this? Because the declarers, again, have done a thorough job defining de- de- defining repentance. We are fully aware today that repentance is changing one's mind about something. So the offender feels remorse for their actions or their decisions. Uh, for example, let me, let me give you this, or not even an offender, the, the person that's doing the repentance. Let me change that based upon the scripture that I'm going to use. Um, I'm, I'm going to restate it so I don't sound like I have am confusing you. The offender changes their mind about their actions or their decisions. Now, if it's a person like Amy and Andy, 
perhaps they felt remorse about their decision, and so they want to go ahead and repent. However, when we talk about God, because remember my declaration last week talked about God repenting, and if you didn't hear that, you might want to go and hear the replay later on. You can find it on our website, www.declarevictory.org. You can find it or you can find it on the app. At any, any, at any rate, I talked about God and him repenting. Let me use this, this scripture, Genesis 6, 6. Genesis 6 and 6 from the New Living Translation. It says, so the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. So the Lord, he was sorry. He was repentant, remorseful that he ever made man because of all of the sins that and corruption that were now in the earth. We're talking about pre-flood, the folks that were pre-flood. Okay, you can go and read that on your own and it, or again, listen to the replay to get a better understanding if you're a little bit um, confused. As human beings, or let me, let, me, let me personalize it. If I have offended God, the conviction um, to get back in good standing with the Father is so overwhelming that I am willing to deny myself the satisfaction of whatever caused the offense. I, I make an intentional decision to just say no and punish disobedience. Yes, me. I am not perfect. But guess what? I'm not by myself. No pastor, no apostle, no bishop, no leader, no layman, no parent, no husband, no wife. It's perfect. Let me prove my point to you. I know you think you got people in your life that are perfect, baby, but I'm telling you, it's best for you to hear this and know and understand this so that if and when they do make a mistake, it won't take you out. Um, and let me let me just go on a tantrum real quick. Let me give you a Tanya, not Tanya. Let me, let's have a Tanya, not Tanya moment. I remember back in the day, I used to listen to the TV evangelists uh, like Jim Baker and uh, Jimmy Swaggart and and others, and there came a point in time when Jimmy, the Jimmys, drank their own Kool-Aid. Jimmy, Jimmy Baker got intoxicated with money uh, and started spending it like it was, I don't know, like it was liquid gold, and he got caught doing some things he shouldn't have get, got caught doing. But that came, I am sure, after repeated warnings. I know that God warned him because the Bible tells us that that um, warning comes before destruction. I know that the Holy Spirit warned him that he needed to change his habits, that he needed to stop drinking the Kool-Aid and just drink pure water. I know it happened, uh, but he didn't listen, and he was exposed in the news. He was exposed in the media, and the world made a mockery of Jim Baker and Tammy, Tammy Faye Baker. I think that's what her name is. Even made a movie about it. I mean, it was just horrible. It was a horrible blow to the body of believers, not to God. Because God never changed, but but you can't just do whatever it is that you want to do. Here's Jimmy Swaggart. Jimmy Swaggart, great man of God, preached the word of God, and and you know he just he was the whoremonger. <laughs> he, he paid for it, even though he had a faithful wife, um, and he got exposed, right? And so I'm I'm saying that there is no leader. Look at I don't I'm not saying T.D. Jakes is guilty or innocent. I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't see him do nothing. But look at what's happening in the media um, about him. And so there are things that we can do to cause us 
to come. And if you think about it, there's some people that you know in your own personal life, nobody. The word says this, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, him being God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. That's found in 1 John 1, 8 through 10, and I read from the New Living Translation. Ultimately, requesting forgiveness must go hand in hand with repentance for an effective change. Both are required. That is forgiveness, asking, excuse me, for forgiveness, apologizing, and repenting. I believe that as humans, we take God's love which fuels his patience, his loving kindness, the forgiveness, his forgiveness, et cetera. It, it fuels them, but it, it takes God, it puts us in a position where sometimes we take God for granted. We assume that God will always embrace us. But, <laughs> B-U-T, but, dot, dot, dot. But what, Tanya? What are you talking about? God is love. God is love. God's love is immutable, it's immense, it's inspiring, imperishable, immeasurable, um, intense, and individual while inclusive all at the same time. Listen to this. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish but all should reach repentance. That's found in 2 Peter 3 and 9, the ESV version. Here's another one. And remember our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with wisdom God gave him. That's found in 2 Peter 3 and 15. You are right. God is love. But D-U-T. I just cannot seem to get away from that word. But since it's come up so many times, may, may, I, may I please define it for you? Thanks. The word but is a conjunction. Think of it as a chain. <laughs> um, and, and let me use this di- dictionary uh, definition before I uh, uh, continue with my own self definition. According to dictionary.com, this powerful three-letter word is used to introduce a phrase or clause contrasting with what has already been said or what has already been mentioned. So God is love. Yes, he is love. But the contrast is (laughs) God is the God of judgment. So let, let me restate the sentence that started me down this rabbit hole so I can get to the evidence that I need to make my case. God's love is constant, although it is possible for one's action to lead to the reality of God's judgment, resulting in unfavorable consequences to the offender. Girl, what you talking about? Listen to this. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 uh, excuse me, 120 years. Now, there are two schools of thought on this particular scripture. One school of thought, can I just give you some theory, a little background, if that's okay? And and I promise I'll get back to 
um, I'll get back to the, the, the topic, I promise. So one school of thought is that the scripture here um, is referring to um, the time period that uh, post-flood, you know, this before the flood, the time period, the, the 120 years, the time period that it took in order for God to finally get to the point where uh, he is exasperated with the disobedience and the corruption of the folks that were post-flood. So all of the people that were um, committing heinous crimes and sinning and the corruption that filled not a city, not a state, but the entire world. God was absolutely fed up. There's another school of thought that just says that um, this scripture means that God will not always uh, contend with man. He will not always give him chance after chance after chance. At some point, he will get tired. I, mean, I know it sounds like the same thing, but um, even um, after the flood and the world was destroyed by the flood, we still have God having to deal with and contend with man. And the other school of thought from theologians is that this scripture is just simply saying that we cannot in my own, as I break it down in my own words, we can't just take God for granted and think that he's just going to keep on forgiving us. At some point, his grace may run out. That's, that's, that's my interpretation of what these theologians are trying to say. Let me get back. Let me get back to the lesson. So God's love, again, is constant, although it is possible for one's actions to lead to the reality of God's judgment resulting in unfavorable consequences to the, the offender. I need for you to bear that in mind. Now that we have clear, now that we are clear that God is loving, <laughs> but that he is the ultimate judge, let me show you what I mean about God's judgment. Um, I, I want to briefly talk about a man that willfully disobeyed God. Remember I talked about willful sin and I don't even want to call it accidental sin, but for for just for lack of a better term right now, that's what I'm going to do. It doesn't make either one of them one better than the other or one worse than the other because at the end of the day, um, repentance is still required. I'm just trying to give you a picture, okay? So in this man that we're talking about, he willfully disobeyed God, and in so doing, he opened the door. Listen to me. Are you listening? I need you to pay attention. Please focus. He opened the door for idolatry, witchcraft, and a pattern of sin that lasted for generations up to January 25th, 2024, not just for his family, but for an entire nation, actually the entire world. His name was King Saul. He was Israel's king, first king. Um, I wish that I had time to really give you an overview of how Saul was appointed, a little bit more about his background, but I don't. Um, what I am going to suggest, though, is that you can do some reading on your own. And if you decide to read a little bit about um, King Saul, I promise it will make for interesting reading. I would suggest that you read it in a translation like the Message Bible or the Living Bible only because it will sound like a story, even though the characters and the events are absolutely real. There is no fiction at all. This account really happened. This is the word of God that was captured and written for our hearing and for our learning. 
but to make it a little bit more palatable, at least the first time you read it, because um, sometimes when we when we hear or someone suggests that we read several chapters, we think, oh my God, that's a lot of reading. Well, it won't take you that long, which is why I'm suggesting you read it from the message or New Living Translation, but you, if you want to go for the King James Version, that's fine. The important thing is I, I'm just suggesting that you read it. Okay? All right, here we go. So the Israelites wanted to be like the other nations who had kings. Side note, the majority is not always right. God reminded them that he was their king. They kept pestering God until he finally gave them what they wanted. That's an example of God's, here's a, a side note, that's an example of God's permissive will. He permitted it versus his perfect will. His perfect will was, I'm your king. You don't have to worry about the um, fallibility of man, man's error, man leading you into sin. You see the difference? God's permissive will versus God's perfect will. So the people made a choice of their king based on the outer appearance. But uh, First Samuel 16 and 7 says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Again, that's First Samuel 16, 7. We're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. Looking at somebody based upon their appearance looking at somebody based upon perhaps what they do, how they do it, the, the finesse that they have or whatever, but their heart, we don't, we don't look at the heart. We don't look at the character. All right, let me move on. Samuel anointed Saul as king with God's permission, and um, he remained as Saul's advisor, though. At some point, Samuel gives Saul God's instructions. They're getting ready to go into battle. God advised that they go into battle because, again, God is in the process of wiping out the Israelites' enemies. God could have done it, but he made it. He would not. Um, God is not going to come down to earth and do things himself. He uses the hands, the feet, the eyes, the, the, the um, ears um, of man to accomplish his will. He even does that today, right? He uses us to accomplish his will. He was, he's been doing this all along. So what happened is that God instructed instructed King Saul via Samuel, there was no direct, listen to this, do you see this? There's no direct communication to Saul from God. He still goes through his manservant, the prophet Samuel. He still does that. What does that tell you? Anyway, let's get back to, I'm just giving you brief highlights. At some point, um, these instructions are given. You're going to go in, you're going to fight the Amalekites. You're going to destroy all of them, including all of their cattle, all of their cows, their goats, their sheep, everything. Everything is to be destroyed. Saul says, okay. However, but let me use that. Let me use that, right? You got the, okay, I agree. I'm going to do it. But after winning the battle, Saul drinks his own Kool-Aid. I mean, he got a tall, he was tired. You hear me? He was tired. The battle had worn him out. One of his servants brought him a tall glass of Kool-Aid, put some, it was extra, extra sweet. It had, it had uh, lemon in it, just, a, just enough amount of lemon to give it that pop, right? 
He had ice cubes in it. Ice cubes were hard, hard to come by during those times, but he had ice cubes in it. So it was extra cold and a long straw. You know how you go to um, Starbucks and you ask for a vintage? I don't do this, but you ask for a vintage. They, they even have a triente or something like that. It's bigger than a vintage. But it's a super tall cup of whatever the beverage is. So you could sip on it all day if you want to, right? So in other words, Saul drank his own Kool-Aid, y'all. And instead of um, instead of killing all of the enemies, and uh, he he kept the king, King Agag, alive, and he kept all of the good plunder. Let me read you some scripture. First Samuel fifteen ten through the eleven. It's ten to the eleven verse. It says, "Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made King Saul, for he has not been loyal to me.'" and has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Let me take a minute here. Number one, God repents again. I'm sorry I ever made that sorry king, Saul. I'm sorry I ever made him a king. I knew it. The people wouldn't listen to me. I'm improvising. They wouldn't listen. Samuel, this is Samuel and God having dialogue. Sorry I ever made him king. I repented of myself that I made him king. I'm, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to change my mind about that joker because he's raggedy. He's ratchet. His heart is ratchet. That's me. The Bible didn't say that. So God repents and changes his mind about King Saul. He gonna do, he's going to correct what he did. Tried to get the people what he, what he wanted, but they don't know what they want. We often, y'all, we often don't know what we want. Our eyes are bigger than our stomach sometimes. We think we want that particular thing. Then when we get it, we can't handle it, which is why sometimes God has not given us the things that we've been asking or the thing or that we've asked him for because he knows we can't handle it. Maybe we can't, maybe it's that we can't handle it ever, or maybe it's that we can't handle it right now, or maybe it's just we can't, we, you can't have it right now because It'll, it'll mess up something else. I don't know. I don't know the mind of God. I'm not even going to try to pretend. What I am saying to you is, in this particular case, yeah, it wasn't right for the people to have it, but he loved them so much. God loved the Israelites so much that he was willing to allow his permissive will to happen, but oh, God is going to come in and clean that thing up. In my sanctified imagination, Samuel is pissed. Even though he's interceding for Saul, he's pissed that he has offended God the way that he has. He goes to find Saul in battle. He's going to where it's hot. And when he does, Saul cheerfully greets him. Hey, Samuel, I did everything that God uh, commanded me to do. I followed all the instructions. Samuel's like, hey, man, check this out. Check, check, check this out. What is that that I hear? I hear all these, I hear cows mooing. I hear the sheep. <laughs> I hear all of it. The, the, the goats, whatever sound they make, probably hitting stuff with their horns. And I smell what it smell. I smell them. What's going on, man? Who you think you're talking to? I'm the OG prophet. Who do you think you're talking to? What is this you've done, Saul? So Saul then begins to justify his actions. Check this out. Guess what he said? I kept all the best. I kept all the best for God because we're going to make a sacrifice. Listen to this. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, God, excuse me, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. 
Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agog, um, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops, listen, he's starting to burn. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, the goats, the cattle, and the plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Say lie. No, I'm not disconnected. That's hard. That's that's hard to take. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Saul? His greed got in the way. Oh, he was like, oh, I'm gonna come up. I'm a I'm a keep Agag alive, and I'm gonna do a triumphant processional. Can you give me just a few more minutes to go off the beaten path? It's important for me to just. I just want to tell you what a triumphant processional is right because we got action at that too so hold that thought that was first samuel um oh lord i didn't give you all the uh <laughs> it's first samuel 15 and that was the 18th through the 23rd verse give me a minute um and it will allow me to digress too because i got a little emotional behind that so a triumphant processional have you ever don't answer me right now but have you ever seen an old uh, like a mo- movie during the medieval medieval times um or or, or or of a roman conquest where uh a general or perhaps even a king he goes out he, he fights in the battle because back then the kings actually fought in battle too they were trained by experts um so anyway he goes into battle he wins the battle he uh captures the king of the of the opposing nation they um, sometimes perhaps torture the king of the other nation, the their their enemy, or or they just may, and or they may just um, they they tie them up and they bring them back to their particular um, the the conqueror's territory. Usually they may be tied up or what have you, but they not they not riding in like they they are they are humiliated. The goal is to humiliate them, to poke fun at them or what have you, and to let their um, the subjects, the royal subjects, know that we are victors. We are triumphant. You see this? You see our enemy right? Oh God! Thank you, Jesus. You see this enemy right here? He's been captured. He's defeated. He no longer has power over us. Can you see that in your mind? The enemy is being trailed behind by the king, and so the people are celebrating. They're they're um, they're celebrating their victory. Um, <clears throat> they're excited. They may even have a feast or whatever. And they begin to celebrate the king who has given them the victory. Listen to this. Listen to me. Who has given them the victory over their enemy. Daniel, what does this have to do with repentance? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to show you in a minute. And so you have this picture in your mind. And so what I want to tell you is, is I, I want to show this to you in scripture. It says, mm, 2 Corinthians 
uh, 2 and 14, it says, Now thanks be unto God, which causes us to triumph in Christ and make it manifest the favor of his knowledge by us in every place. So go back to that, your imagination. That's called a triumphant processional. It's showing the people that you have victory over your enemies. I, the king, have given you victory. I took it. I took the power from this enemy, and now because of what I did, you have access to freedom. You never have to worry about this king right here ever bothering you again, ever tricking us again, ever um, um, making us subject to his demands because I have defeated him. I, your king, have defeated him. It's the same thing within the body of Christ. We are able, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I got to make sure that while I have you, I give you this nugget, and I, I'll, I'll try to come back to it if I have the time. I'm saying this to let you know that once we repent, we can do a triumphant processional ourselves because God gives us, it says, thanks be to God who causes us always to triumph, always to not just win, not to just conquer sin, death, and the, not to just conquer over what it is that causes us to have to repent repeatedly. We can do it. We can do a one and be done. Based upon what Jesus Christ did for us, he nailed our sins to the cross. We don't have to go back to them and get them. We don't have to be um, subject to them. Based upon what Jesus did on the cross, that one act, we can ask for forgiveness, we can be remorseful, ask for repentance, and know that we never have to repent again based upon what Jesus did. That's the action that we have. All right, let me go back to finish up um, what I was saying uh, so that I can close out on a right note. I'm going to pick up at First um, Samuel 15, 24, because it's important for you to know this, why I'm saying that, um, oh, I guess I could have gave you the, the title of my declaration. It don't really matter at this point, but if I was going to name it something, I would say, help, I can't repent. All right, let's start at first, uh, let's continue at First Samuel 15, 24 through 31. Thank you for your patience, y'all. I know I've given you a lot of scripture, but I think it's important for you to have it so you don't miss out and, and don't, don't take God's kindness, his love granted. Then, Sam, then Saul admitted to Samuel, it's <laughs> amazing. Yes, I've sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded, liar. But now, please forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. Samuel replied, I will not go back with you. Since you have rejected the Lord's command, he has rejected you as king of Israel. He said this a second time, y'all. As Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and have given it to someone else. I wonder who that someone else was, who is better than you. And he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind. For he is not human, that he should change his mind. Then Saul pleaded again, I know I've sinned, but please at least honor me before my elders, before the elders of my people and before Israel by coming back with me so I may worship the Lord your God. 
So Samuel finally agreed and went back with him, and Saul were and Saul worshipped the Lord. Now remember the picture that I painted about a triumphant processional. The triumphant processional was always done before the leaders of the nation and before for the subjects. So you can see here, I wasn't making that up. You could see here in this um, um, group of, of scriptures that Saul's intent was to go back and do a triumphant processional because he wanted to do it before the elders and the people. What verse was that? Uh, it was, um, oh, we'll talk about it during the Love, Life, and Victory portion of the call. I'll find it there. But that's what his intention was, to, to show what he had done as king. And, he, and, and, he, and he, God stripped him of that glory, even though Samuel had a change of heart and went back with um, Saul. He had nothing to do with um, the celebration. He just watched in the cut. I'm sure the people, now I'm, I don't have no scripture to back this up, but I'm sure the people who were in tune with God wondered why isn't Samuel doing the, the sacrifices? Why is Saul doing them? What happened? I'm sure they saw the countenance on Samuel's face. He was troubled. He was saddened because he knew that Saul had been rejected. Listen, my name is Tanya, not Tanya. I would go on, but I believe I'm going to stop here because um, I gave you a lot. And it's important that um, we stop at a, at a good place so that we can discuss it further if you so desire. Um, and so, or so that you can ask questions. I know it was a lot to hear that. But here's what I want you to know. If God will reject the king of a nation, what about us? My name is Tanya, not Tanya, and I approve of this message. Help, I can't repent. Now we're going to transition. Everybody ready to transition? Take a deep breath. It's okay. Um, we're going to, let me pray first, and then we'll, we'll transition. Father, thank you for your word that went forth this morning. Your word sometimes is like a hammer um, where it, 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 it comes in and it obliterates um, our perceptions. It obliterates our self-conceived um, ideas about who you are, uh, and it reveals the truth. It's like a fire. It consumes all of those things that are not like you. Uh, I pray, Father, that Holy Spirit, that you would help us to see how much you love us, that um, how important repentance is because it it enables us to then be, be triumphant, to do our own triumphant processional over the demonic forces that seek to keep us in a state of repentance, that, keep, that seek to keep us um, in, a, in a life of sin, that seek to uh, destroy our lives, both spiritually and naturally, that seek to make us a failure. But according to your word, we are not just conquerors. We are more than conquerors. And it is you. We can be thankful to God who causes us to triumph all the time. Thank you for this upcoming discussion. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for the comments. Thank you most of all for those that were brave enough to stay on this call to the end so that we can hear the conclusion of the matter. It's in Jesus' name that we praise you and give you thanks. Amen. So I want to open the call up to those that may have missed the first portion of the call when DD number two did an eloquent job of greeting us. 
we're going to um, allow you to say good morning so that we can say good morning back to you. But I want to do it in this way. I want to open it up to the men first, as we do traditionally. If you would like to say good morning, brothers, we would love for you to come off mute for a minute and say good morning. Um, uh, we know you're working, and sometimes we get so excited as women that we um, we can we can bombard the car. Well, first, we're going to open it up to the men. Secondly, we're going to open it up to any newcomers. It's your very first time calling in. We just want to show you some good old Jesus, godly hospitality, and then we'll open it up to everyone else. We're only going to take comments at this point. The, the, the next portion of the call, we'll take comments and questions. With that being said, please state your name and say good morning. Brothers, where are you? Don't leave me hanging, brothers. There's no brothers. Y'all. I know y'all working hard doing your job. All right. Going once. Going twice. Going three times in the name of Christ. Any new time call, first time callers or first time um, speakers? First time you've been calling in, but you haven't said anything. And today you'd like to say good morning. Any of y'all out there? If not, Give you a couple of seconds to get off mute. Brothers, I'm still waiting. New caller, new speaker, first-time speaker. All right. It's open up to anybody that would like to say good morning. I would love to greet you. Good morning. It's Leomia. Good morning. Good morning, Mama Leomia. Good to hear your sound. Who else was that? Good morning, Sister Lisa. Great decoration. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, Lisa. Have a great day. Good morning, Good morning Sister Tracy. Good morning. I think that was Sister Tracy with your beautiful self. Who else was that? Good morning. This is Pastor Ricky. Powerful, powerful word. God bless you. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Ricky. Have you, have you, is this your first time calling? No, no. Okay, okay. I apologize. I apologize. But thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Hey, Dan. Hey, Good hey, morning. hey. Good morning. It's Jubilant. Hey, Juju. Hey. Good morning. It's Pamela. Good morning, Pamela. Love you. <laughs> Love you, too. Good morning. It's Mary. Good morning. Good morning. This is Mary. Thank you. Good morning, Ms. West. Good morning. This is Swanita. Good morning, Swanita. God bless you, darling. Good, good morning, Krishanda. Good morning, Gloria, and good morning, Krishanda. Anybody else? Anybody else? Good morning tonight, Jay. Hey, Samaya All right, y'all. Um, I know that was a lot. That was a lot. Um, and so as you've had your Selah moments and as you've had time to contemplate, I know some people may still be contemplating, I want to remind you that God is a God of love. He will never change his mind about loving you. He still loves all, but he wasn't not going to. He wasn't going to start off bad. He nipped that thing in the bud. Nope. Your heart is nasty. 
Nope. Not going to allow you to do it. Um, anybody have a question or does anybody need clarity on anything that um, was shared this morning? Hey, Tana Shell. I just want to say, did you say that you're not exempt, not at all, no matter your position? Is that what you said today? Baby, listen here. Let me tell you this. We are all, uh, I had that scripture and I forgot to get it. You'll probably get it for me. Um, it just talks about that. Um, I don't know why I'm having a brain freeze at this moment. Maybe I put it in my buck list, but it just talks about that we are given, if I paraphrase it, given the right set of circumstances, we are all subject to sin. I know I have that scripture. Hold on. Let me see where it is. Hold on. I know I got it. I got it. Because I, I, I know I need to prove it. I need to prove it. Uh, uh, I know I, I thought I copied it. Maybe I didn't. But you know that scripture I'm talking about, Shell? I'll find it for you. But when uh-huh. I said that, as, as far as being ex- exempt, that you're not exempt from repentance, but you're not even exempt from God's love and grace. Now, he loved you enough, but he loved you enough to give us an opportunity to repent. Man, so that we can live. We talked about those weights earlier this week. Man, get free of those weights. Let that sin go. It ain't worth it. We got to live, 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 live. Live, 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 live. <laughs> yes, yes. But um and it's not to say that our leaders are sinful. I'm not I'm not talking about being a sinner, right? A sinner is a habitual lawbreaker of God. You just sin over and over and over and over and over. There is no remorse. You just do what you do, because that's your lifestyle. I'm talking about a believer, some want somebody that has confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I'm not talking about joining the church. Joining a church does not do anything except allow you to be a part of a club, allow you to be a part of an organization, or allow you to be a part of a church. And it's good that we are a part of an organization. Don't get me wrong. But it does not change the heart. There's nothing repentant about that. You just, well, I guess it is. You made it, you changed your mind about church and you made a decision to join a church. But it doesn't change who you are as a person. If that was the case, if joining a church, was all that was necessary so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Jesus wasted his bodily fluids, his blood, the water that exuded from his side, um, his entrails, his muscles. He wasted all of that humiliation by dying on the cross for us if all we need to do is join a church or all we need to do is be baptized. Man, please, go away. Not the case necessary for us to repent for our sins and be forgiven of our sins. And once we do that, God make God knows us. He knows that we are human beings and that we are subject to error. We may sin along this journey. We are probably going to sin along this journey because we're human. Right? And some of it, sometimes, one of them at least once or twice, it might be intentional. Oh, I'm going to get her back for what she did. The Holy Ghost is saying, stand down. Don't do it. Nope. Mm -mm. You don't understand, Jesus. People gonna think I'm a punk if I don't if I don't take care of this. If I don't handle this business, they gonna say what they gonna think. I have a reputation. Mm -hmm. That's okay. I'll take care of all of that. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. And you still make a decision. You gonna go and you gonna handle you. You gonna lay hands or you gonna do whatever it is you're gonna do. That's willful disobedience, right? And so why are you saying all this, Tanya? I'm making a difference between a habitual sinner. And a believer that sinned. 
It's still wrong, but I'm making a difference. Believers do not habitually live in sin. That's not that's not what we're supposed to do. If you find yourself habitually doing something, that means you need to find you need to get to the root of that thing. You need to repent and completely, which which means completely changing your mind about that particular thing. So, in answer to your question, yes, we are exempt. <laughs> we are exempt. We are not exempt. I'm sorry, we are not exempt from sin, and we are not exempt from God's grace. God loves us. He wants the best for us. Anybody else have a comment or hey, a question? Hey, Good morning, family. I'm going to say this real quick because I'm late for my appointment, but I wanted to jump in. You know how you're explaining about the sin, being a sinner. Um, I still, I do believe as a believer that I am, I can, I can be a sinner. Um, And we were talking about on the women's call, you know, there's certain proclivities, I think that's how you word it, that I just um, am not, you know, I, uh, I kind of struggle in the flesh. Um, Like, if I get upset, some people might want to fight somebody. But me, I, in a work situation, if I'm at work, I'm really, I could kind of go real off in an email. And I have to really tell myself, and, like, it's a, a battle because I know that in my heart is, is like, Pam, you know you're not supposed to be doing that. And it's like a gentle little nudge, but it's like a fight between that and the flesh. is like, oh, you know, and I thank God for even the pause. Um, that he's, I've gone from years ago, just kind of going off on an email 20 years ago, just saying whatever to over time, over time, over time. Um, now I can just, uh, pause and sometimes I've fallen, but many times I haven't. And so I'm just so thankful for that. I'm sorry. I feel like I run on a rant, but love you guys. No, you didn't go on a rant, and I don't. I, just to make sure that um, I, I want to be clear, I do not believe that a born again believer is also a sinner. That's like an oxymoron. I don't believe that. I believe that we can sin absolutely, and I'm going to give you Romans three twenty three through twenty four. All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, but God treats us much better than we deserve, and because of Christ Jesus, He freely accepts us and sets us free from our sins. So we may sin, yes, but we are not sinners because it's it's impossible for us to still be. We, it would be one or the other. And I maybe I heard you wrong or whatever. I don't want to go. It's not a debate at all. I just want to be really clear that I'm saying that there is a difference between the two, and it's important for us to know that once we accept Christ, you guys, I want you all to get this. Once we accept Christ, we no longer become sinners, according to this scripture, Romans three twenty three through twenty four. Anybody else? A comment or a question? Please don't get off the call holding on to it. Um, let me just say this. I, I, God does not want us to be afraid of him. Um, God loves us. We, I still don't. I'm still learning how much God loves us, how much he loves me. And he does not want us to be in a position where we serve him out of fear. God wants us to serve him freely out of love for him. Now, we will never love God the way that he loves us, but we can make an attempt to it. And one of the ways that we show and demonstrate our love is by keeping his commandments. Um, in fact, um, I do have, I do know that I um, say this as part of my, um, as part of my um, bucket list. And it just talks about how that, <laughs> just because I want to go to it, I can't find it. Uh, and it's uh, Mark 12, 30 through 31. It says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Do you all remember that I told you that there are over 600 commandments that that the, the, the Jews had to follow uh, during the law, during the Old Testament? I don't even know how you keep up with that stuff. I don't, I don't know how they kept up with it, but they, somehow they did. I'm so thankful for grace that we don't have to keep up with all of that. And so this is the two of all those 600 plus commandments. These are the two. That, that, that Jesus is saying is the most important, that we lo- how much we love God, the depth, the width, the height of our love to God, towards God, and that we love each other, that we love, that we love our neighbor like we love ourselves. That can be a tall order, and your neighbor doesn't just necessarily mean, thank you, Pamela, that your neighbor doesn't just necessarily mean the person that lives next door to you. It's the person that's across the street. It's the person that's in another county. It's the person that's in another state. It's the person in another country that's considered our neighbor. Anyone else? Hey, Tim. I heard two people. Dee Dee and Gloria. Oh, I'm going to Gloria. It's Rochelle. Okay. Oh, Oh, Dee Dee. Okay. Okay. So you heard. Excellent declaration. I'm sorry. It was a deep. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be quick. Okay. Okay. So, Ted, thank you for the excellent declaration. As you were describing how the the, the king um, takes the, the his bounty from the war that he has um, captured and, and makes the show open, it, it took my mind back to 2 Corinthians uh, 9 to 15 that Christ made a show of the enemy openly. And that's why, because of Christ and what he did, um, he suffered in his body and died for us, that we are not to re-crucify him, that we do live a lifestyle of repentance um, continuously every day of our lives so that we, are not, uh, so that we can, can, can fully celebrate the victory of Christ making a show of the enemy openly celebrated by our lifestyle, celebrated by our, our work, how we live and how we treat one another. So thank you so much. Amen. Amen. That really, really did something for me when I read that scripture. It's like those, one second, Didi, I'm sorry. It's like those scriptures jumped off, they leaped off the page in my heart and I couldn't shake them. And they were so profound to me that I said, God, I have to find a way to interweave them in this direction, in the declaration to let your people know what they have access to once they repent. That is being triumphant. Oh my God. Okay, Didi and then I think Rochelle. Oh, jumping, man, this is so good. Um, what I was gonna say when you were talking about those at fall and um you used Jimmy Baker and Tammy Faye Baker and Swagger and all those people, that made me think about even us because we're human, and we fall short all the time. We do things, but we have put, I won't say we, some people, some believers, Christians, have put sins in categories. So you're you're basing, like it's like a sin game, sin category. Where my sin ain't as big as yours. And to me, that's such a, that's such a poor place to be. And 
when you were talking about how people, when you rise and you drink your own Kool-Aid, if we're not careful, we do that in our own lives. When I say that, I'm talking about in our marriages, in our parenting, um, even dealing with people on our jobs. Because if you're up for a promotion and you got a little stink in you, it's going to come out. It's kind of like you do reap what you sow. I hope I'm making sense. So we got to be careful with our hearts so we're not being like stank with it or trying to do things um, that's not pleasing to God because it's going to come out, right? What what comes in, what goes in comes out, and it goes out of us, when, especially when you don't think nobody's watching. God knows everything. I'm trying to say be mindful of what you do. Be mindful of what you allow, especially your children. I say that all the time because it's so rewarding when they can tell you, even in your bad areas, they still got, they saw the God in you. If that makes sense, so I thank you, Tan. You're you're such a blessing, and I'm not being funny now. I thank God because you've made a difference in my life. I've grown so much. I still fight, but not the same. So for that, I want to say thank you to my big sister. Amen. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy, so much. Uh, Shell. Um, Tan. Oh, let me just tell you, it's called a. It's called a Trenta cup. And oh. <laughs> because I'm a Starbuckian. It's a Trenta cup, and it comes with a very long straw where you have extra. You don't have to put your mouth on the top. And it's only like 30 more cents. So why get those little cups? Anyway, um, what I wanted to say was, (laughs) um, you know, I, I thought when you were talking a few minutes ago, you talked about something about being scared. And I remember that I didn't, I was scared, um, to serve the Lord because I was scared of him. And and a lot of times we're as a kid, maybe that was as a kid, but when I had the the opportunity to learn of him, I learned that the it's not to fear him, but it's to reverence him. And that made a big difference for me because his uh, because of his love. The things that we do are from a sinful nature, but he's so loving and so kind that he created us, but he also created um Sorry, somebody was calling my phone. Um, he also created a way of escape for us to be, to be loved and to love, if that makes sense. So I, I, I just thought about that when I was saying, I was like, you know what? I was scared of God at first and I'm still scared of him, but I rev- I'm afraid as far as the reverence of him. I'm not afraid of him be- because he's God, but I'm afraid now I'm afraid if I do anything to hurt him or displease him, like the sin or the reverence. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that helps somebody because a lot of times we kind of, you know, stay on the other side of the wall of the door because we don't want to, you know, know him because we're afraid of what he'll do to us. But again, you talked about the repentance and you talked about the love. So thank you again. Thank you. You made total sense. I understand it. They're absolutely, I, I, I understand what you mean about being afraid of God versus reverencing him. It's such a, I think when we make that mind, oh, here we go. When we repent about the way we think about God, right? Um, unfortunately, some of our leaders have done a poor job in explaining who God is not purposely, but because they didn't fully understand. And so what I mean by that is 
some of the teachings that I've heard in my during my lifetime focused more on God's judgment more than it did God's grace and his love. Almost as if they were afraid that if they talked about God's love so much and not his judgment, that we would just go ham and do any and everything that we wanted to do um, as far as sin is concerned. And it's, it's as if, especially in one particular denomination that I think about, it's as if they needed to show God, God's wrath to keep us in check, as if his, hallelujah, as if his love was not enough to keep us in check, not even keep us in check, position us so that we would want, we would be in love with him and we would want to honor him with our lives. That's wrong. That's like your kid being afraid to ask you for anything so they never ask because they're afraid that you're going to whoop them because you t- I'm hungry. I need, my shoes are too little and my, my feet hurt when I walk in my shoes. My my coat is not thick enough. I get wet, so I um so I don't say I'm cold when I go to school with this hoodie. You thought it was insulated, but it gets me wet, so I'm cold and I'm wet. I'm scared of my parents, so I never ask them for anything. I never even tell. I love them, even though I'm afraid of them. But I never express my love to them because I'm afraid they might reject me. That was the wrong way to teach us. Now we got to unlearn that God is not an ogre. We got to unlearn that he punishes, punishes us every single time that we do something wrong. We got we to gotta unlearn that he's this or that, that he, we got to unlearn that um, he, we got we to gotta now learn that he's faithful, that he loves us. His love supersedes anything that we will ever understand. We got to love that he's sovereign. We got to take these words. We got to define them, break them down, find scriptures for them so that we can then own what is the truth about God and his word so that we can live out this life. If our lives as believers should not be burdensome. It saddens God. It saddens God that we think of him like that. It's me, Tanya. It saddens God that I don't trust him for every single thing. It saddens God. And I'm surprised when he does what I ask him to do. It saddens God. It saddens him. So I have to repent for the way that I, I think based upon what I was taught. When I learn something different, when I, when I discover the truth, it's my responsibility to unlearn bad behavior, to unlearn bad doctrine, and adopt new doctrine. That's my responsibility. Now it's your responsibility because I told you. God used me today to plead with you to learn about his love, how important repentance is so that you will never be denied anything, so that you will never be in a position where your prayers are hindered and God is restricted from doing what he really wants to do for you because he won't repent. Come on. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, babe. Oh, I felt your heart. I felt you just now. I grew up in a household. This is pretty for those that don't know. I grew up in a household where I was scared to ask for anything. And I don't know where it came from, but there was a fear 
that if um, if I asked for anything, I would get yelled at. Um, so I understand what you're talking about. I felt that, and I don't know how it, it came to be, but I had a fear of my mom like that. Uh, you knew better. You bet not ask for nothing. She made sure that we had everything that we needed. Uh, so if it was something we saw, mm-mm, you don't ask for nothing. And now, when I go to God, because I remember when I first got on the call, I had trouble seeing God as God because I saw him as man. And so I had to learn how I had to learn that he's my heavenly father and that he loves me and I can go to him for anything. I had to learn how to do that. I had to learn that here on Declare Victory. I have been going to church for years, going to church and worshiping. And I didn't even know it was a blockage there until we started talking about it. And so now there's a difference. There's a difference in my belief. There's a difference in my praise. There's a difference in my worship. There's a difference in how I tell others about him. I know that God loves us no matter what, and there's nothing I can do to change that. There's nothing I can say. There's nothing that I can do. I don't care what happens. God loves me, and I don't take advantage of it. I'm just grateful and thankful that I have a God that's loving and kind and nurturing and wants more for me than I can ever for myself. So thank you for your declaration and for your heart shared this morning. Jan, I love you. I love you more, pretty. But more than that, God loves you. And I don't just mean pretty. I mean you on the line. I'm sorry, was somebody going to say something? Okay. God, God loves us. And we can talk about it all day long. But until you internalize it, until you know that you know that you know, it's going to take a process. That's going to take revelation from the Holy Spirit. It's going to take your submitted yes to him. It's going to take you digging the scriptures. Y'all, it's time out for surface Christianity. It's time out for surface belief. We've got to dig our heels in because times are coming. When you don't know, you might be, I need you to mute. If you could please mute your line. Times are coming when um, there's a scripture that talks about how that man could be blown about by every wind of doctrine that comes along. We're living in that time right now. We need to make sure that our love for God is, that it, it is assured. Because there's no doubt on his end. 
He loves us. That's a good place for worship right there. I know that we generally tell you guys to stay on mute, but I believe that God, um, as I was speaking, I felt God's heart for us um, when I was talking about unlearning bad doctrine, not because the people were bad. They were just not completely informed, nor were they convinced, completely convinced. And they thought that by showing you God's wrath and judgment, that would keep us in check. But we don't need to be in check like that. We, we need to be in love, not in check. And so this is a good place for us to worship. This is a good place for us. And worship just means to love on God, to pour out our love our, and speak well of him. Just for a few minutes, and I just need you to pay attention to my voice. I'll tell you when to stop and to come back on in order and to put the phone um, back on mute. But just for a few minutes, um, let's let's indulge the Father because He has given us so much access to so many different things. Um, and going back, thank you, pretty, for sharing that portion of your life for trusting us with that information. It was a decision that she something happened to cause her to think the way that she did about her mom. And something has happened in our lives to cause us to think the way that we do about God. To think that he just sits on his throne and thinks about ideas and ways to make life hard for us or um, to punish us because we had a moment of weakness or because whatever the case may be, that's not who my father is. That's not who your father is. You have no idea how much God loves you. None. And so, Father, we take our phones off mute. We love you, Thank you. 
have the wherewithal to know to love him. We would be like everybody else. Oh, God, I need this. God, I need that. And if you don't give it to me, obviously you're not real. What are you talking about? Stop it. <laughs> we don't have to perform and neither does God. But God, look, I hope you got today. I hope you understand a little bit more. How much God love you. Did anybody, it, we're going to, listen, it's 731. I can either, either give you some time back or we can have testimony service like we did old school. Now, here's how testimony service is going to go. You don't have to do all the accolades. First, giving unto God, who is the head of my life, to his son Jesus, the gift of the Holy Spirit, to our pastor, first lady, first man, first whatever. Truly, I thank God, praise God for being here. After, finding, after being here, truly, I am saved, sanctified, and filled with the mighty burning fire. You don't have to do that. But if you want to testify about something that happened, about your repentance during the worship that we just had, 
I'm going to allow you some time, but you can't tell all of it. You can only tell on it. Since you can't see me to raise the Bible to let you know you've gone too long, if you hear me say, amen, amen, that means that you hold on it long enough. You got to have it hot. It's got to be hot and popping like popcorn. And it may not be a lot. It might only be a few, y'all. It don't matter. But I believe there was a transference that happened during that worship. Just now, it was only a few minutes, but I believe there was a transference or there was a transference during the call. Somebody got it. Somebody had a God nugget. And it is important for you to testify this morning of the goodness of Jesus because we are overcomers by the words of our testimony and because it then allows you to be accountable to us based upon your testimony. Not that we're going to take you down and talk about how you said this, that, and the other, and we're going to beat you over the head, but because you said it out loud, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and we want you to have life and speak life over your own life today. So if you want, if you are a person, you got to state your name. You got to be quick with it. You got to state your name. State the testimony real quick, like 15, 20 seconds, so somebody else can testify. And if I begin to say amen, amen, and if I start singing on you or Didi starts singing on you, you know you've gone too long. Is there one that wants to testify this morning? Hey, 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 this is Kat. How you doing this morning? I just want to testify that God is so good that he's a builder. He's not a person. He's not a person that tears down. He's a builder, and he's just constantly building in my spirit, in my heart, in my understanding. I'm just so grateful for who he is, and that's all I got to say. I'm grateful. Amen. That's popcorn. Anybody else? This is glorious. God is good. My my testimony is during our worship, Holy Spirit took my mind back to when I was 15, and I heard something that a preacher said about me, and God delivered me from that seeing God as being judged and becoming and being afraid of how he sees me. So I thank God for being a healer and a deliverer. My goodness, that's popcorn. Anybody else? This restore, restorated, resilient Rochelle, and I'm glad that he set me free. I'm th- not not only did he set me free, but he made me free, and I'm glad that his love changed my heart. That I am not afraid, but I reverence him and all that he does. I bless your name, Lord. I bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank God. Anybody else have a testimony? Good morning, family. Can you hear me? Hey, yes. this is yes. Sabrina. Um, I just want to say thank you for your declaration. I was listening, and I'm an overcomer from a lot of different things. And God said, if you have faith of a mustard seed, that he'll move many mountains. And I'm just so grateful on today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank amen. You. Oh, amen, mm. Sister Sabrina. God bless you. Anybody else? This is Pamela, and I just felt the love of God today like um, never before. Um, it's all I've always struggled using the word father because father to me was uh, this strict, powerful, fearful man. And um, speaking of my own father, and to, today just calling on him, father, it just really just bless me and I thank God. Amen. Amen. 
That's wonderful. That's so beautiful, Pamela. That's so beautiful. I picture the father. This is my imagination. I have no scripture to back this up. I pictured first the father weeping. I see him standing up, though, as you said that, Pamela, because his heart is so full. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. His heart is just full. And allow those tears to come. Allow them to come. Allow them to come. Allow them to come. Healing in your tears this morning, Pamela. Anybody else have a testimony? Thank you. Yes. So I have such a peace. Like, I feel like I had a huge IV of peace in my system because it's been so much um, anxiousness in me lately. But that peace that I got this just this morning doing a praise break, like I I, I can't even I, I I might need to go to the hospital. I'm not trying to be funny because I feel so out of body. So thank you this morning. Thank you Jesus for just being Jehovah Shalom and giving me peace and letting me know who you are. Thank you Jesus. Oh my God. Man, I don't know. Listen, a transfer took place. Anybody else, before I start talking, anybody else have a testimony? We've got a few more minutes. Good morning. This is pretty. I was once blind, but now I can see. I thank God for my freedom. I'm free. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, freedom. Freedom, 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 freedom. Anybody else? Anybody else? Sounding like Lavelle. Got a testimony. Lord, uh, this is jubilant for love me where I'm at. Be hard on myself. He loves me. He loves me. I'm just so grateful and thankful to have somebody like that. No, loves me no matter what. That's not. God bless you. God bless you. Love you, Juju. Love you. Anybody else? I'm sorry. This is Monica. I guess my call dropped. I'm in a hospital. I just want to say that I'm very thankful and grateful for the Lord. He's been there as my healer and my protector and my provider. I give all the grace and glory to him. I'm just taking one day at a time, but I've also been that child that was out that cared for all my siblings and my friends and family. I took my extended friends as family, and I just want to give the grace and glory to him that I know he's a provider, and he will provide in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Monica. We're praying for you, God, in the name of Jesus, whatever is going on in Monica's body. Not only did you forgive us of our sins, but you healed us of all diseases. So we pray, God, that you would heal her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Whatever it is that's going on in her body, God, thank you for complete and total healing so that she can give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Is there anybody else that wants to testify based upon the worship that happened just a few minutes ago or the exchange that has taken place during the call 
about repentance and changing our mind about God. Anybody else? Amen. Well, I, I believe that God has been glorified today. I believe that we have made God's heart happy today. Um, and I know my declaration started out, started, started out as help, I can't repent. But that shift that took place um, as we began to discuss the heart shared during Love, Life, and Victory, and especially during the worship portion of the call, changed it to something else. It allowed us to repent and change the way that we think about God, our Father. Something happened to me. Maybe I should testify. I'm free. Praise the Lord. I'm free. No longer bound. No more chains holding me. My soul is resting. It's just a blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm free. I feel free today. Something happened during um, the heart share. Something happened especially during the worship service where I repented for keeping God in a box. I repented for the old ways that I thought about him. I'm just ready to free fall now, y'all. I'm just ready to free fall and trust him without his, uh, um, putting um, uh, boundaries on him. I'm ready. I'm ready to love him hard the way that he wants to be loved. See, we can't love God the way that we want to love him. What you mean, Tim? Well, in a relationship um, involving love, it could be between uh, a man and a woman. It can be the love for a child. It could be a love for a, a, another person as it pertains to just friendship or what have you. You can't just love somebody the way you want to love them. you got to love them the way they need to be loved because everybody's different. Um, in a relationship, <clears throat> some couples are one cup, one person, you know, the man may be super affectionate or the woman may be super affectionate, the opposite. Let's just say one spouse may be affectionate, the other one may, may not. And the spouse, the, the spouse that is um, not as affectionate, you know, uh, um, over so, showing a lot of affection and, you know, this, that, and the other may be overwhelming for them. So you, ha you got to be careful with that and you got to ease it in on them right you can't overwhelm them because they for whatever they may reject it and you may feel rejected and it's not so much that they're rejecting you it is that they are it's too much for them it's overstimulation or um in a relationship where um the the person requires a lot whatever the case may be and i'm just trying to say you can't love somebody the way you want to love them you have to love them the way they need to be loved if you think about your children some of our children require a lot of attention you especially the middle kids they require a lot of attention whereas the oldest one may not the youngest or the youngest one may have may, may may require some but it's different right it's important for you to meet each child you, you follow me meet each child where they are you can't give every child the same it'll mess them up if you've been doing that you need to study your children and repent and start your first works all over again right 
there's still t- even if they're an adult now, you need to go back and repent and say, I realize that I tried to treat all of y'all the same, but you needed X, Y, Z. Would you forgive me? I'm, I, I want to, can we start all over again? Some of us need to do that as parents. Ask your children to forgive you for some things you didn't know. Repent. Don't treat them like that anymore and start all over. Discover what it is that they require. Does this make sense to anybody? I just want to know. I'm just talking to myself. Yes, yes. Yes. Listen, you, you teaching this morning. Uh, makes good. a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Am I teaching Okay, that's the Holy Ghost because I'm going from what I don't even my computer is closed off. Listen, we can't treat God or, okay, go back on mute. We cannot love God the way we think he needs to be loved. You want to know how to love God? Search out his scriptures. There's one that I already told you. If you love me, keep my commandments. I just took all the guesswork out. You don't know the commandments? Go find them. The two most important are that you love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. That's the first one. And the next one is love your brother as yourself. Love your neighbor, excuse me, as yourself. That's it. You don't even have to go look it up. You can go look the scripture up if you want to. I already gave it to you earlier. I'm not giving it to you again. Maybe I will at the end. But what I'm trying to say, it's right there. It's an open book exam. You don't have to guess. Find out what his commandments are. Keep them. you in love with him. That's it. I'm not talking about man-made rules about you can't take, you can't wear red fingernail polish. You can't cut your hair. You can't uh, pray when you're laying in the bed. You can't, um, what else are some other things? You can't wear pants. You can't wear pink. You, you can't wear, you can't wear red lipstick. You can't wear shoes with the toe out. You can't wear a sleeveless dress. You can't hold your boyfriend's hand. You can't. Um, listen to work, quote unquote worldly music that includes. And you better the, not go to the movies. And, and you don't better you not play go no to football. the movies. Don't you play no cards. Don't you play no dominoes. Those are, listen, find me a scripture where it says that. I'll stop preaching right now. And you cannot lump that, lump that in. Um, come out from among them and be ye separate. Well, I could say the same thing about gossiping. So God don't want us gossiping, gossiping. So stop gossiping with people and come up, come away from the people that gossip. Come on, y'all. When he said, come unto me, all you that are laden and heavy laden, he's talking about being laden with religiosity. He's talking about being laden with man-made rules. He's talking about being laden also with man-made doctrines, it's time for us to know the word for ourselves and to know our father. Kenya, Kenya Nadine Alexander, time for you to know your father. But Kenya, you teach about him all the time. You don't know him. Nope, I don't know him all. Nope, I'm still learning. That's the God's honest truth. I still don't completely know. Because who can know the mind of God? His ways, his ways are past finding out. That's why I can say with certainty, I do not know God completely. I'm still learning. And as I learn, y'all, I promise to share with you what I know, what I learned, the nuggets that I get. Ooh, I'm going to need some water <laughs> when this is all over. 
anybody else have anything? I'm tired, y'all. I'm I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a great morning, though. I believe that God has been lifted up. I believe that God has been glorified. Anybody have a comment? A question? No? Going once? Going for all minds clear. Are y'all clear that God loves you? I need to hear some noise. Ma'am. Unconditionally. Unconditionally. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Do not hang this phone up. Sitting in condemnation, believing that you've done so much that God can never love you. There might be somebody on the call. I need you to mute, and I need everybody to hear me. I need your full attention. Please mute. Look at your phone. It's you. <laughs> there may be somebody on this call who has, don't, you do not have a full understanding of what we mean about God's love. There may be somebody on the call that is out of fellowship with God. You don't even know where to begin. You don't have a relationship with him. Perhaps you've been going to church. Perhaps you've been calling in and listening. You're not, you're not even sure why. Uh, but you know that something is missing in your life. You know that there's a void and you want to better understand this God, this Father that we're talking about, but you don't know where to begin. I want to open um, and, and extend, please mute your line, please. This is very, very crucial. And I want anybody to be distracted. Again, check your phone. Because declare victory is about people being um, getting victory, staying uh, staying in victory, and living a life of victory. But it starts with having a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's how you start. That's how you can be in a position to to obtain victory. Without having the relationship, without confessing your sins to God and asking Him to forgive you. There can be no repentance, no propitiation of sin, and there can be no life of victory. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to extend the invitation. We cannot assume that everybody that calls in is in right fellowship with God. I would like to extend the invitation to anybody that is on the call. You don't have to be embarrassed. This is not to single you out. This is simply because God loves you and he's using me today to extend that love to you by extending the invitation to him. And it's really super, super simple. It doesn't require that you're at a church. It doesn't require, you might be laying in your bed. It's okay. You might be sitting at your desk at work. If you can, I'm gonna talk for a few more minutes so you can maybe go to the bathroom or go to an area in your building where nobody will disrupt you or nobody will disturb you um, if if you can do that. If not, you can sit there quietly. I promise you can do that. And, and you can accept Christ as your personal Savior right where you are, right? And so um, the Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But there's something that we have to do. We have to believe with our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, and that he has the ability to forgive us of our sins. Once we do that, that allows us to repent and ask God to forgive us. We've been talking about repentance all morning, and that makes us a child of God. Simply by a prayer that I will pray with you, 
And even though I'll be praying it with you verbally, everybody on this call that is a believer is going to be praying with you silently. So I'd like to offer the invitation or extend the invitation. If there is anybody on the call that would like to accept Christ as your personal Savior today and begin your relationship with him today right here on Declare Victory, I'd like to pray with you. Is there somebody? You don't have to be afraid or intimidated. We love you, but God loves you more. Amen. One more time. Is there anyone? I hear someone moving. Is that you trying to make a decision? So let me let me let me let me let me re, let me restate what I mean. Um, earlier, I said that going to church cannot save us from our sins. Why do we need to be saved? I talked about it earlier. If we have not accepted Christ as our personal Savior, we live in sin. We are habitual sinners. And that is not, okay, that is not enough. That is not what God desires from us. He desires that we have a complete relationship with him, okay? So maybe there isn't anybody on the call who, um, maybe you are saved, but you need to rededicate, recommit your life to God. You, during the call, you some things came up and you know you need to repent for them, from them, um, and, and you did not do that. Perhaps you, you've backslidden. You left. You've gotten out of fellowship with God. You, um, you, you know, you're kind of lukewarm. You're in a state of complacency, uh, lukewarmness. You're kind of just going along and getting along. If you fall in any of those categories and you'd like to rededicate, recommit your life to God this morning. We want to help you do that. Sister, brother, you are not by yourself. God, we generally don't do this often, um, but today, today is your day. And the, the Bible tells us the day that you hear my voice, open up your heart. The latch they used to tell us is on the inside. You have to unlock it, allow the door. Even if you crack it, he'll open it the rest of the way and he'll come in and he will be your Lord. Is there anybody that wants to recommit or rededicate their life to Christ this morning? Amen. Amen. Again, yes. I believe that. Yes. Amen. Who is this speaking? Leomia. Leomia. Mother Leomia, you want to rededicate and recommit your life. Is there anybody else? who wants to rededicate or recommit their life to Christ. Don't be afraid. Mom is in her 80s and realizes she needs to recommit her life. Is there anybody? I'm not trying to pressure you. I just want to make sure you have, you understand that the the invitation is being extended. That's how much God loves you. Okay. Mama Leomia, I'm going yes. to lead you in a prayer. And for those that might call in to the replay or for those that did not have the courage to um, say, yes, it's me, um, this prayer is for you too. So I'm going to start off praying and then I'm going to stop and I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. So, Father, we thank you for all that has been said this morning. Thank you for the invitation that went out. 
And even for those persons that found themselves wanting to repent but did not have the courage to um, state their name uh, on the line or is on the, the playback this morning and um, they or whatever time of day it is for them that they, they do want to recommit their lives. So, so, Mom, I want you to repeat after me, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I repent. I repent. Of all of my sins. Of all of my sins. And I ask you. I ask you. To forgive me. To forgive me. To wash me. Wash me. To make me whole. To make me whole. And to reestablish. To reestablish. My relationship with you. My relationship with you. I confess all wrong. I confess all wrong. I believe with my heart. I believe with my heart. That you have forgiven me. That you have forgiven me. And as of now. And as of now. I am free. I am free. Thank you. And in right standing with you. And then right standing with you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For forgiving me. For forgiving me. Thank God. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this mother. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that she wasn't so proud that she couldn't thank you. didn't say that she needed to uh, repent. Thank you for her heart this morning. And I thank you for the heart of those that um, have followed along with that prayer or the heart of those, whether they're on the call now or they're listening to the playback. I know that your word says that there is more joy in heaven over one man who repents over 99 just men. God, thank you for the party that is taking place in heaven over those that have repented. God, we bless you. We thank you. We adore you. We glorify you. And we appreciate you this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Thank God. He's such a loving God. Mother, you believe that yes. you repented and God has forgiven you? Yes. Amen. Then you are in right standing with God according to the Thank scripture. Amen. Now, let me ask this, you guys. Is there anybody that repented? You followed that prayer and you repented and you just want to be acknowledged this morning? Anybody other than Mother Leomia? All right. All right. Well, listen, guys, I thought this was going to be a really short declaration, and I was going to give you all some time back, but the Lord had other plans. The Holy Spirit had other plans. I'm thankful for the victory that um, you all have confessed to, and even for those who may not get, didn't get some of y'all are at work, you can't get off mute, um, and, and the, for whatever took place in your lives, we're just thankful unto God. Uh, it's 7.59 on Thursday, January the 25th, 2024. My name is Tanya. Y'all go in peace and in the love of Jesus Christ and be all that he requires you to be today. Love y'all. See you tomorrow. Love you all. Love you more. God bless you all. God bless everyone. Love you all. God bless everybody. Live, 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 live.